Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You're listening to The Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio and Sneaky Joe DiBiase on WGR Sports Radio 550. It's unreal. I can't even describe it right now. I can't lie. We fought for another two weeks with each other, man. And, you know, obviously, it's my first time in the Super Bowl. I just can't. I couldn't be more excited. We, we were down, down big, of course. It didn't go our way, but we fought. We kept fighting. We, we fight for each other. Like I said, we fought for another two weeks with each other. Josh, you have to tell me again who that was. You told me, and I think I did not get. Trent Williams, thank you. There you go. San Francisco 49ers. Niners against Chiefs. In the Super Bowl rematch from a few years ago. I mean, what's the, Joe? Remember how we opened the show and I said, I just think there's too much of the this guy can't win, this guy can't beat that guy, can't get over this. And mm-hmm. there's not enough of the, hey, I mean, give the credit to the other team. Like, it's, it's hard to win. Only one team can. I would ask you, though, if Kyle Shanahan loses in the Super Bowl, what are we saying about him? I mean, he's, he, mm-hmm. he's gotten to two then. He actually had the one in Atlanta where he was the offensive coordinator and they blew it, but he would have gotten to two and he wouldn't have won any. I mean, is that become his thing? People say he just can't win the Super Bowl. Uh, he. I, think I would think it would be unfair you, if it is. Yeah, I think when you make it to the Super Bowl, you generally don't get that as much. Um, I think people know enough that like b- them's the breaks, right? A little bit sometimes in right. games. Uh, if you lose like three or four, then maybe you start getting it. But I, I, I don't think you'd hear it about Shanahan if they lost like a close game. We are going to welcome in now on the West Her Hotline from our Odyssey sister station, 670 The Score. In Chicago, Chris Emma, friend of the program, has been on before. Chris, it's Sal and Joe here in Buffalo. Hope you're enjoying your uh, off season. And I know it just started for everybody here just a few weeks ago for you guys in Chicago. Good morning. What's up? How we doing? Doing well, doing well. Brought you on for a few different things, Chris. Want to talk about you know what the Bears might do in the offseason, but let's start with Eric Washington. Um, you and I were texting about you know Eric over the weekend and kind of what he brings and my experience with him in Buffalo. He goes to he goes to Chicago, and I said to you, I think he's a really good teacher, right? I think he's I think you know something that I liked watch, watching him coach, watching him teach with the position group. What are they What are they looking for in Chicago? Why did they reach out to get Eric Washington as a defensive coordinator? Yeah, I love that, you know, Sal, you use the word teacher, because Matt Eberflus a couple weeks ago when asked about what do you look for in that defensive coordinator, he said the number one most important thing is to find a great teacher. And it makes sense when you consider what this role is. And Matt Eberflus is a defensive-minded coach. He, it's his defense. It's his, his uh, system. And he's going to be calling that unit moving forward. That's something that he decided in making this hire. But he wanted somebody who's the right compliment, somebody who understands the scheme, but more so I think understands the development track. And, the Bears are very raw on the defensive line. They, they've done a good job at linebacker, T.J. Edwards, Tremaine Edmonds, who you guys know very well, and then they've upgraded that, that secondary where it's a strength for this group. But I think it matters that Eric Washington comes from a background in which he's been developing defensive linemen and, and a long track record of that specific within this defensive scheme. The Bears running that kind of cover two style. I think that goes a long way. They really need to get better in that group. They've got some young guys, including a pair of D2, uh, 
day two picks from last year with Zach Pickens and Javon Dexter Sr. And they want to see this group develop. They want to really upgrade that defensive line. But Eric Washington's role is going to be alongside Matt Eberflus and overseeing this defense, uh, helping him in terms of scouting and getting the game plan ready for each week, but also being that guy in front of the room. But Matt Eberflus is in an offensive meeting or somewhere else within the building. And Eric Washington seems like a great leader, a guy who is really well uh, regarded and respected around the league. And I think it's a great pickup for the Bears. He has been a defensive coordinator. He was in Carolina as well. This is the second year for Matt Eberflus. Um, how much, after the year the Bears had, how much heat was on him? Like, was there a talk at all that the Bears could move on from him or was it always kind of understood he was going to get a third year? No, it, it was up It was up in the air. They weren't really sure. Uh, Kevin Warren, the team's new president, really promised. He said, we want to do a thorough evaluation. And, and he left that to the end of the season. Like, they had no decision made. And usually, you know, these things get leaked out nationally. You hear so-and-so is expected to return. Like, there was really none of that with Matt Eberflus because everybody in that building truly did not know. Uh, they went into that season finale in Green Bay, a tough loss for the Bears, finished out 7-10. to And they didn't really reveal that Eberflus would return until that Wednesday. So three days later, and the longer it went, you were kind of wondering, are they going to make this change? Like, consider for a fact that, you know, the Bears are in a great position here in terms of draft capital, uh, they've rebuilt over two seasons, and they're expecting to be a contender this year. They had a chance that they wanted to dump Matty Bufus and get a guy who's that clear upgrade as a head coach, and they believe in him. They think he can get them over the top. They like the way that this thing is trended under his watch, and uh, they elected to stand by Matty Bufus. Do you think them retaining him has any does, – does it say anything about what the chances are of them picking a quarterback – one overall versus keeping Justin Fields. I mean, I might think if you're going to pick a quarterback one, like why not bring in a fresh head coach, kind of time them up at the same time. But, you know, we've, we've also thought that that was meaningful in the past, and then the teams just go ahead and pick the guy anyway. It's a great question because you're exactly right. That's the way it should be looked at. The Bears don't do things that way, and, and they've messed this up over the years. In 2017, it was John Fox and a – Wayne Duck third season when they drafted Mitch Trubisky. And John Fox didn't even know they were making that pick when they selected Trubisky second overall, which speaks to a poor organization. And then 2021, they brought back Matt Nagy for a fourth season, which was a lame duck year, and they go out and draft Justin Fields. And the Bears just never seem to learn. You're right. They should be aligning the head coach and the quarterback. And I think that was part of why I thought Matt Eberflus might not return was because you had to get that right. Uh, they elected to bring back Matt Eberflus. You can call it a lame duck year. We'll see. I, I think they're trending the right way, and I, it's curious to see what the expectations are. But as it relates to the quarterback, I, I don't think anything was determined in terms of what they're going to do. And I think they still truly do not know. I, I believe they are leading toward drafting Caleb Williams, but Ryan Poles has said he wants to take this as deep as he can. They feel really good about Justin Fields. They believe in him as a starter. I think there's absolutely a scenario in which he's back leading the Bears next season, but they also see Caleb Williams has the high ceiling. Man. I mean, he could be a superstar in this league. And Justin Fields, as good as he's been, he's got a high floor, but they think there's a cap on his ceiling. And, and I think that's ultimately what it comes down to. Now, to your point, it's about the coaching. It's about developing Caleb Williams, getting this thing right, and building yourself in the long term that way. And uh, I've got a lot of question marks as to whether they can do that. Well, right. I wonder, like their history. I, it's got to be so interesting, like for this off season for them, especially for the fans, because you have the Bears who passed on Patrick Mahomes. I don't know how controversial that was at the time, but they did that, 
And you often hear Caleb Williams called like the closest thing to Patrick Mahomes. So like part of me thinks, how in the world are you going to pass on that again? Versus, they also just traded down and passed on quarterbacks last year, and that yep. trade could not have gone better. The trade went great, but they, you know CJ Stroud looks like he's going to be that next star. They, they evaluated him. They looked at he along with Bryce Young in this quarterback class, and. They did believe they were better off punting, and I get why they did it. You mentioned that that haul. They got DJ Moore. They got a pair of first-round picks. They've got a pair of second-round picks. Like, massive haul, franchise-altering haul that can really set them up. And obviously, that first-round pick they got is number one overall. I don't know if they quite forecasted that, but it's a fortunate situation. You got a chance to get this right now with the quarterback position. And for all the resources, everything you've done with this roster, a very good, promising young roster they got – it doesn't matter if you miss on the quarterback thing. You've you got to get this right. Two years in a row with the number one pick, you can't be sitting here a few years later saying, man, we missed at the quarterback here. Caleb Williams has that high upside, and I believe he's going to be a star in this league, and I think the Bears see that. They understand to get this thing right and to really solidify a roster that can be a championship-caliber group, you've got to get Caleb Williams in there. And I agree because, of, if anything, I mean, what sways it real heavily for me, Chris, is the contract situation. You have to pay Justin Fields eventually if you're going to keep him. Even if you don't pay him top, top money, you got to pay him enough. Whereas you get to reset the entire you know, financial landscape by bringing Kayla Williams on a rookie contract. Yeah, and that matters. That absolutely matters. When you're doing, right. you know, Ryan Pohl's first task was to get this team out of a terrible salary cap situation, and that's why they ultimately chose to do the rebuild. He's not taking that for granted. He's not gone out there with a clean cap and started spending left and right and getting this team, you know, deep in the books. He's understood that it's a luxury that they got to keep safe. And yeah, you're exactly right, Sal. If you do get Caleb Williams, you're resetting uh, that salary clock versus if you do keep Justin Fields, he's through year three. You got to pay him like a starter. You got to invest around him truly as your guy. This can't be another punt year where you look to next year and maybe we get our guy in 2025. Like, it's a decision here. Uh, everybody's kind of waiting for it. It's been the story of Chicago now into this early part of the offseason, and draft is three months away. We'll see where it goes, but I do believe by the end of next month or into early March, I think the Bears will be trading Justin Fields and getting ready for Caleb Williams. Back on the head coaches for a moment, is there any bitterness from Bears fans that they didn't specifically go after Jim Harbaugh? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, look at it. The nice parallel in Chicago is they just did this on the baseball side, and they've done it before, too, with the Cubs. You know, in 2014 into 15, they let go of Rick Renteria, who was a good man, but they said, let's go get Joe Batten. This guy's a championship caliber manager, and he leads the Cubs to the World Series. And this past fall, they get rid of a, a franchise-beloved figure in David Ross, who was the manager, and managed pretty well because, hey, Craig Council is the best manager in baseball. Let's go do that. Like, George Kasky, the Bears chairman, is a huge Cubs fan. You think maybe that would inspire him? Like, hey, let's do this. Eberfuss is fine, but Jim Harbaugh's the best coach out there. He would absolutely love to come back to the Bears. He had a chance to do it. They, they didn't even interview him. They didn't look at it. Uh, Ryan Poles was asked, did you consider or talk to Jim Harbaugh? And he said, no, he's the head coach in Michigan. And that one really rubbed people the wrong way because now he's this Los Angeles Chargers head coach. And uh, this is a guy who's got such a great track record, and in particular, developing quarterbacks. And yeah, I think. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as thirty minutes, without missing a minute of the game. 
You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Our fans are really irked by that one. Interesting because so Paul's uh, a semi-local guy here, so I know a lot of people know who he is. He's from Canandaigua, New York. How much is on him now, the hot seat, whatever you want to call it, to A, get this right, obviously, and how much, uh, uh, how much you know, can maybe some heat come on him, and how quickly would that be before they start thinking that maybe he's not the right guy to build the program? Yeah, it, it's curious, and I think the one thing before you really evaluate polls is kind of sorting out who led the decisions in this offseason. Kevin Warren, yeah. former Big Ten commissioner of the Bears, now uh, president has been a year into the job. He has a firm grasp on football operations. The previous president, Ted Phillips, that was not the case. He was not a football guy. He was more of the business side, and the general manager always had the authority. I want to know, and I don't know if I'm ever going to really truly know, it. was this Ryan Pohl saying, I want to get back, or was Ryan Poles the one who said, I want to get a guy like Jim Harbaugh in there. And Kevin Warren said, we're standing by Matt Eberflus. Kevin Warren pointed to his role back with the Rams in the late 90s when he saw Dick Vermeil really have two tough years, his first two years leading St. Louis. and year three, they go on to win the Super Bowl. And he pointed to that as why they wanted to bring back Matt Eberflus. We'll see. Ryan Poles certainly has put in a lot of work building this roster, getting things right. Matt Eberflus was Ryan Poles' pick as head coach a couple years back. I would love to know, are they still on the same page? Are they really connected the way they should be to lead this thing forward? My impression is yes, and there's a lot of pressure on Ryan Poles as a result to get this thing, really get the results now after going from 3-14 and 14 to 7-10. and 10. This team has to be a playoff team next season. If they're not, that's really going to put some pressure on Ryan Poles. Question for both uh, you and Joe. What do you guys think? What, what does Justin Fields get? Like, What are you looking for? If you're, if you're trading Justin Fields, Joe, you got to ask for at least a first-rounder, right? I mean... Like, what is the return on that? And I, then what do you think, Chris, they're going to ask for? Yeah, Go ahead, Chris. You go first. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've talked to sources around the league who believe they could, if everything goes right, get that bidding war where you can get a one. And think about the teams in need okay. now. Those teams outside of the top ten, outside of that quarterback mix, the, the Steelers, the, the Raiders, uh, the Falcons, those are teams that are going to be looking for a quarterback. If you play your cards right, you're going to be able to get a strong return. Again, potentially a first back for Justin Fields. I think most likely it's going to be a second and a throughout three or second and mm. change some kind of package that way. But uh, you got to play these cards right here. You think about a month from now with the combine, that's Ryan Poles' time. Go get the market. Really build this thing up for Justin Fields and get teams interested. Yeah. yeah I was going to say the same thing, Chris. Like My thought on that would be like they would do really well to get a first-round pick, and I would not think Bears fans should be upset if they got like a second and whatever on top of it because the team acquiring Fields, you're, I mean, you're acquiring them because you're getting a quarterback upgrade but the th- you've burned up the rookie deal, you know. So like you've got a you've got a contract to figure out on top. It's not like you're trading for him in year two. You know what I mean? Like second round pick plus like you've got to pay him a contract, which I think is going to impact that too. Yeah, I, I think that's probably where it's going. But look, to your point, yeah, it, it, there's teams that need a quarterback, and right. you're either you got to be at the top five of the draft or making some dramatic trade up if you want to get that. If you're a team like the Steelers, you, you know Kenny Pickett's not that guy. Mm, like Steelers, Justin Steelers, Fields could be yeah, it. Yeah. Atlanta, the Falcons, they've not gotten that quarterback thing yeah. right in a few years. Justin Fields is an Atlanta native. Ryan Pace, who drafted Justin Fields to the Bears in 2021, he's number two in command now for the Falcons' front office. So. Mm. Uh, keep those teams in mind, and then you never know with the Raiders, right? They're always kind of the wild card out there. So uh, those are the three teams I'm focused on. Yeah. How do you see the uh, the division yeah. around Chicago right now? Because both Detroit and Green Bay had 
a lot of success in the playoffs. I think Green Bay really sh- should have won that game against the Niners, and then you would have had an all-NFC uh, North NFC Championship. So how repeatable do you think what those two teams did, and do you think that like those are kind of the class? Is it right to consider them the class of the division right now? Yeah, I love that you asked that question because right now my column on 670thescore.com went up in which I pointed out how difficult this division is going to be for a number of years. And Ryan Poles had this great line two years ago when he was hired saying, we want to take the North and never give it back. That's a really tough goal right now. And the Bears have put themselves in position for sustained success. But, yeah, the Lions were 12-5 and this year. They had the same kind of rebuild. They're here to stay. Like That's a really good team. I know it was a really tough night for them out out west, but uh, that's a team that's not going anywhere. The Packers had – the youngest roster in the NFL this season. Jordan Love looks like a star already. I mean, they went for Brett Favre, Taylor Rodgers, and everybody's wondering if Love can be that guy. He looks fantastic. Like that, That's your franchise quarterback in Green Bay now, and you got so many young pieces around him. That, that team's not going anywhere. The Vikings, they've not gone more than two years uh, without a playoff berth here in, in the last decade, the last 15 years, I could say. They've not won fewer than seven games in the last decade. That's a team that's always right there. You never really count them out. So, uh, it's going to be really tough. The Bears understand that this division is potentially going to be one of the best in football next season, and uh, ideally for a long time for these other four, these other three teams. I mean, there's a lot of staying power there. You've got some really good coaches in place, some really bright executives, and uh, I think the Bears know they're in for a challenge to try to take the North. By the way, I think I speak for a lot of Bills fans listening when I say they hope the Carolina, the Chicago Bears, excuse me, do take. Justin Fields, I'm, Caleb, I'm screwing this up. The Chicago Bears do take Caleb Williams because then Washington tape takes Drake May, oh. and the Patriots do not get one of these guys. That, that is key. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, uh, that's what we don't want to happen. Yep, and it's because the Bears. If you no doubt about it. And, and, Fields, and, as I say, you can get that bitty yeah, one for the number one pick again. No doubt about it, Chris. Uh, what, what, how would you evaluate Tremaine Edmonds' season? Uh, it was good. I think he really stepped in as a leader. They, they liked his presence. This is a guy for a, a young group who had a lot of success in Buffalo, and uh, he was a great teammate. He was somebody who really relayed a lot of that. And uh, through the early struggles of this season, he was a guy in the locker room who was helping this team kind of stay afloat. And, hey, it, it's going to take a little bit. Stay calm. Stay, stick to the, uh, the course. And I don't know if the Bears have the success they do towards the end of the year without a guy like Edmonton there. Uh, but he also had a, a tough measuring stick because – he was essentially the Roquan Smith replacement. The Bears dealt Roquan Smith a year ago for a yeah. second-round pick. They didn't want to pay him. The Ravens did, and that guy looked like an absolute superstar in that Baltimore defense, including yesterday, man. He balled out even in a loss. Uh, Evans played well. I think he could have played better, frankly. I think he has another level in him that wasn't really there. And He dealt with a knee injury in November. I don't think this season quite worked out the way that he wanted to. And, you know, T.J. Edwards played better than him, frankly, at linebacker this year. Edwards was fantastic. Uh, I think I'm not worried about Edmonds. I think he's going to be a great player for this team for a number of years. He's still 25, which is amazing for a player who entered the league in 2018. We used to always say the Um, same thing. (laughs) Yeah, it's just he's got he's a playmaker. I think there's more plays he can make, but uh, Mm. he's been a really important addition for this group. Uh, like, and then before we let you out, Chris, yeah, go ahead, Joe. I was just going to say real quick, like that's the exact way I feel like we've talked about Tremaine Edmonds for like four years, <laughs> where he was good. We think there's another level in there, and also, guys, he's, look how young he is still. Like he's a good player, but man, that is like exactly how it sounded like the last five years with him. But anyways, yeah, I, yep. 
Go ahead, Sal. All right, so listen, that's right. Before I let you go, um, can you give us an up stadium situation with the Bears? I mean, I remember when we were there for preseason and a lot of talk, and at the owners' meetings last year, there was a set where they're going to build it, then there wasn't. I mean, what is exactly going on there now? It's a great question because nothing's really changed here over the last few months. Uh, everybody kind of thought at some point they, they would, you know, the Bears own Arlington Park out in the Burbs, and that's a 326-acre facility. Uh, it's an incredible plot of land in which you can not only build a stadium, but a massive entertainment district. They want to get that done, but they've had issues with getting tax certainty. They've been fighting with uh, the politicians there. And the Bears, even though they own that land, have said, we're wide open. We're looking at everything, including Chicago. Kevin Warren, who's leading this project, has not been shy about taking photos with Mayor Brandon Johnson of Chicago. Uh, he's been taking interest from other suburbs, such as Naperville, uh, looking at every offer and kind of building the pressure against Arlington to get this thing done. I ultimately do believe they're going to break out ground at Arlington at some point this year. Uh, that's what a four- to five-year venture. You're still looking several years down the road. But, yeah, Chicago's made an intriguing case about either uh, rebuilding Soldier Field entirely or building in the South Stadium lot just south of the current Soldier Field and redoing this. It's a tough plot of land to really get the stadium thing right and to build this the proper way you should. I think they're looking at Arlington. I think they will get it done eventually. But uh, it's been really a tough impasse. The Bears have struggled to get through. All right, Chris. Thanks a lot, buddy. We always appreciate you. I know it's short notice I got with you today, but enjoy the offseason. It should be really, really interesting and fun in Chicago this offseason with all the decisions ahead. You got the number one pick. You have Justin Fields. You can trade one. You can trade the other. Take Caleb Williams. It's, it's going to be pretty interesting for you guys over there. Yeah, fascinating times. Uh, it's a lot to look forward to. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. You got it. Chris Emma right there. The score and Odyssey in Chicago, our sister station out there. We'll take a timeout. All right, Joe. Let's do this then. When we come back, how about you and I kick around? If you're a team, which teams should want to trade for Justin Fields? We could do that because that's yeah. going to be a huge decision for that organization, and that could really alter the landscape of a lot of other things that happen in the draft. So when we come back, we'll do that a little bit. We'll kick around what teams should be interested in trading for Justin Fields and having to pick up his 50-year option and give him a contract extension. We'll do that when we come back on WGR.